Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 8, titled... You are not safe. Oh boy. <laughs> boy, this episode, it's something. It is certainly something. It is devastating and brilliant and heartbreaking and kind of hauntingly beautiful. It is a huge huge game-changing moment in the Halt and Catch Fire world. And it's just absolutely magnificent from beginning to end. It's a really, really amazing episode, and I love it so much. Uh, Now, of course, the vast majority of this episode focuses on the end. That's all, folks. Uh, It focuses on the... Very, very tragic end to Ryan Ray's story. Of course, Ryan, when we last saw him, uh, he leaked the source code for the antivirus software, just put it out into the world, super illegal, and now the FBI is on him, and they're searching his home, and they're putting packet sniffers on his tech and everything's everything's real bad he's under a massive massive microscope turns out he is not that good as he thought he was so he immediately goes on the run like right out of the gate he goes on the run goes completely off the grid and of course uh joe and gordon and cameron pretty much everyone is extremely worried about him because he is in a very, very, very bad position. Oh, also, Ryan, before he goes on the run, uh, makes a tape basically saying, F you, Joe, uh, you replaced me with Gordon Clark, blah, 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 this wouldn't exist without me, and completely torches the NSF net contract. It's not great. So, not only is Ryan on the run for doing all this illegal stuff, uh, Joe and Gordon's NSF net contract is frozen, essentially. Like, it's just stalled in its tracks. Uh, Joe goes to Cameron at one point and is like, Hey, uh, you want to just, like, send up a flare? Maybe try and track down Ryan? Maybe try and uh, get a message out to him? And Cameron's like, Okay, sure. Uh, I'm extraordinarily simplifying that scene, but that's essentially what happens. And some time passes, some time passes, some time passes. Uh, Joe and Gordon, like, sort of go back to being friends. Uh, Gordon at one point is, or Joe at one point is told, 
by Gordon that he has brain damage. Uh, so now, pretty much all the major characters, except Boz, actually. Boz is the only one who doesn't know at this point. Uh, but Joe knows about the brain damage now. And it's a really, really great scene, <laughs> because, like, Gordon says, I'm sick. And Joe's like, wait, what, what are you talking about? And then the phone rings, and Gordon's like, hang on, it could be Donna. And he calls, like, yeah, yeah, okay. That was mutiny, I have to leave now, we'll talk later. And then Joe's like, sit down! <laughs> He just demands to know, like, what the hell's going on with the whole, I'm sick. You don't just say, I'm sick, and then walk away. <laughs> That's not a thing you do. <laughs> but, you know, time passes, time passes, time passes. Uh, Cameron finds Ryan, and they have, like, this nice little cathartic moment. Uh, you see Ryan recount where he's been over the last... Several months, actually. This entire episode takes place over, like, a four-month period. It's insane how much they stretch out the timeline for this episode. But, or I guess scrunch the timeline for this episode. It's literally, I literally said the opposite of what they do. But you know what I mean. And Ryan just recounts everywhere he's been. Like, oh, I crashed with friends. I went down to San Diego. I came back, blah, 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 blah. Uh, you hear him get extremely, extremely paranoid. Because he's like, oh, I could feel people following me. And I didn't think, uh, uh, th this guy said he wouldn't rat me out. Well, I thought he would rat me out. Like, he's just, like, being overly cautious, overly paranoid. Like, his mental state has super deteriorated. And then eventually, he makes his way... Back to Joe's apartment. And we get this incredible, I incredibly devastating conversation between the two of them. Where Ryan basically says, hey, asshole, you lied to me. You dumped me for Gordon. What the hell, man? And then Joe's like, okay, look, look, I wanted to bring you in. I wanted to bring you in. This network wouldn't exist without me. I know, I know. I, I wanted to bring you in on this project. I wanted to work with you. But I can't now. If you work with me, you'd be nuking the NSF net. Like, you'd be nuking that whole deal. Look, you got two options here. Option A... You go off the grid. You run the hell away. Option B. You turn yourself in. You'd serve about a year or two. Which is extremely lenient. Uh, wouldn't be on a computer for about five years. Wouldn't be allowed to touch a computer for five years. And we could never work together again. And Ryan is just pissed. He hates both of these options. He doesn't want to nuke NSFNet, but he also doesn't want to not be able to touch a computer for five years and not be able to work with Joe. Like, both of these options suck. Both of these options are the worst thing for him. And Ryan's like, no, 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 I want to work with you. I want it to be back to how it was when we first started spitballing ideas in this apartment. That was amazing. That was great. I loved that. And Joe's like, we can't have that anymore. Like, that's just not, that's not what circumstances allow at this point. 
so Joe's trying to help him, trying to get him to the best case scenario, which there is no good outcome here. I'm going to be honest. And Ryan's like, no, 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 I hate all this. Like, I don't want any of this. And then Joe goes to sleep, lets Ryan stay over. And then in the morning, oh God. In the morning, Joe wakes up to a knock on the door. He opens the door. The police are there. They say, was Ryan Ray in your apartment last night? Joe says, yes. And then he says, I don't know where he is now. He left. And then the police say, you should sit down. And then Joe walks back into the apartment, leaving the door open. He sees the door to the balcony wide open. And you hear the sirens coming closer and closer and closer. And then without them even explicitly saying it, without them even explicitly showing any key imagery that immediately says what happened with just these subtle context clues, with just the subtle, you need to sit down, the shot of the balcony door, the sound of the sirens in the background. They give you all you need. They give Joe all he needs to put the pieces together and immediately realize oh god Ryan killed himself he basically looked at all his options and chose opt out essentially nothing here is good I hate it all So I'm just going to end my life. And. Holy crap. Ryan. Is one of the most tragic characters. In this show. He started his arc. In this season. With so much enthusiasm. Such raw talent. Enthusiasm. Such drive. For creativity in the tech world. Like, this is a guy who practically begged Joe to let him work for him. This is the guy who demanded Mutiny fix certain holes in their system. This is the guy who just relentlessly worked uh, to make ARPA network, to make NSF network, uh, to make free antivirus software work. To the point of basically falling on his own sword and just doing the most illegal shit ever. And then it chipped away at him. Chipped away at him, chipped away at him, chipped away at him. He made a sacrifice for Joe. And then got absolutely screwed over. Partially by his own design, but partially because... He felt Joe abandoned him. He was isolated. He was alone. He had no one to turn to. 
Uh, from his perspective, Joe just forgot about him, even though he very much didn't and was flat out obsessed with helping Ryan over the last few months. But he didn't know that. He wasn't there for that obsession. He wasn't there when Joe went to bat with it for him over and over and over and over and over again with Gordon, with Cameron, with everyone. From his perspective, one day Ryan was Joe's partner, the next day Gordon was. And Ryan was alone. And then the next time he saw Joe, Joe basically told him, look, either way, we can't work together anymore. And you need to either run away or go to prison and not touch a computer for five years. Both of which sounded like hell to him. And so he took what he thought was the best way out, which obviously was maybe the worst thing he could have done. He jumped off the balcony, ended his life, and what's left is this painful, painful reminder of just how little Silicon Valley rewards creativity, just how little Silicon Valley rewards innovation, quite frankly. Here's someone who tried at every possible opportunity to innovate and innovate and innovate and innovate and innovate. And what did he get for it? Several months on the run and a set of circumstances that led him to end his own life. He's one of the most tragic elements of this entire show. And his end, the way he went out, is so heartbreaking and devastating, and poetic, and brilliantly, brilliantly handled. Uh, And to have that moment where they don't explicitly say anything, they don't explicitly show anything, they don't show the act, they don't say, he's dead, Jim. (laughs) Like, they don't have that moment. Like, you just have all that imagery, all those subtle context clues, and your heart just sinks to the floor like, oh no, I know exactly what this means. And it's this incredible emotional response it's really really amazingly handled uh and then there's his freaking suicide note with which holy shit where he basically predicts the internet and it's like the one moment in this entire show where they flat out go into modern day and say hey this is how we are now with technology it's not great This is where he just makes all these bold predictions that eventually came true of how we put all ourselves out on the internet today, uh, only to be mocked and ridiculed, uh, how we are so connected to the point where we can no longer pretend we can protect ourselves, (laughs) to the point where the barriers of we're safe, uh, like we're to the point where the illusion of safety is completely gone uh and just shows like yeah this is happening and we are not ready for it humanity is not ready for it at all uh we need to learn how best to handle this we need to adapt to it real quick and fast forward by the way like 30 years later 
Not sure we've adapted the way uh, Ryan would have liked us to. Just saying. But it is absolutely devastating. This whole storyline and the way Ryan's story ended. Uh, holy shit. It is brilliant. Uh, and then there's the IPO with Mutiny, which... Also, not a very happy outcome. Like, Donna's doing the whole dog and pony show for months and months and months and months and months away from her family, going across the country, talking up Mutiny, talking about how great Mutiny is, blah, 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 blah. And you can tell it's not really sinking in. She can't explain it the way she wants to. Uh, There's that one moment in the TV interview where she tries to explain Mutiny and the anchor's like, Can I buy my shoes on Mutiny? Oh, that sounds complicated. Oh, you have this computer that's hooked up to a modem. Oh, that sounds complicated. And, like, every time she tries to talk about the finer details of the service, she's just like, Oh, I can buy my shoes. Oh, you're getting into technology. I don't like that. And you can kind of see, like, oh, wow, wow. The tech industry really doesn't care about tech. (laughs) The tech business really doesn't care about the tech side of the business. And then... The IPO goes live. And you get the numbers on the stock. And... It's immediately worthless. It completely flounders. It completely crashes. And it ends up being absolute garbo. Because, guess what? Their growth plateaued. In the months since they said, let's do the IPO now, their growth plateaued. They got complacent. They remained stagnant. And they just saw numbers that weren't really all that satisfying. Uh, What the industry saw was numbers that were, like, growing slower and slower and slower and slower. And the stock, the IPO, it, it, it reflected that. Like, oh, this isn't as growing as rapidly and as excitingly as it used to. Welp, uh, F off. And it immediately just crashed and burned. And you know what would have helped to stop the plateauing of that growth? Maybe some of Cameron's ideas. It's almost as if Cameron saw this exact moment coming and tried to stop it. Tried to make Mutiny the best it could be. To give the best possible outcome. And Donna seeing the, oh, we have this number now. Now, 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 now. Went into it way too hastily. Basically stalled all creativity. Stalled all innovation. uh, Stalled everything else that was actually important. In order to do this rushed probably undeserved IPO. And now Mutiny 
Oh, also Cameron's moving to Japan and has a new game. So, good for her. Good for her. Uh, Because Tom had his new job. He got moved up and and they're like, hey, we need you to take a job uh, in Japan. So now they're going to Japan and Cameron's going to work on her game and uh, it's going to be a whole thing. So at least something good came out of this episode. Not a lot, though. (laughs) Mutiny is crashing and burning. Ryan died in the most tragic way possible. Uh, There's not a lot of good happening right now. Everything's bad in Halt and Catch Fireland at the moment. Um, And we got two more episodes left. And suffice it to say... Two more episodes left this season, I should say. Suffice it to say... Those last two episodes of the season, radical change in dynamic for this show. I won't say how, but that radical change in dynamic exists, and I'll leave it at that. Uh, If you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as we go through every single episode of this and other shows, and you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in. As well, it's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time, if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support the show directly by Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 9. Talk to you then.